Welcome to the Grace Avenue Church Podcast, where we believe that the grace of God is yours to live. It is our prayer that this message will help you experience God's freedom, live your potential, and make the impact you were created for. Now here's the message. So for the last um, five, six weeks now, we've been talking about what it's like to walk through what we call the proving ground. Every one of us has a proving ground. We have our dreams, our goals, our aspirations, our, our words from God, our promises from God, our verses from God, how the Lord spoke. But, but at the end of the day, we have to be tested in life to see those things fulfilled. I could say I want to be a great dad, but I'm going to be tested on whether or not I am a great dad. And right now I have a teenager and a toddler, and Lord knows I am being tested in more ways than I ever planned before or ever thought were possible, but that is part of the test. I can say all day that I am this, I want that, but I have to learn how to endure and walk through and win those tests that come in life. Not the test of salvation, Jesus saved me. His finished work on the cross has saved me. So I'm not going to be tested on whether or not I'm saved, but I'm certainly going to be tested in fulfilling the plan of God for my life. We've been talking for five or six weeks on that, so if you haven't caught any of the podcasts to catch up, Be sure to do that. Today, we're going to talk about the warfare test. The warfare test. Every Christian, in some form or fashion, all of their life will be tested in this area. There's no one who escapes this. We do not come into the kingdom of God and begin walking with the Spirit of God and then not face and encounter and deal with demonic and satanic opposition that tries to come against us. There's just no escaping it. Uh, No matter where you are on the spectrum of faith, whether you've been saved 10 weeks or five decades, we all deal with the same powerful Holy Spirit that lives inside us, and we also deal with the same devil that wants to see us turn our eyes from God, turn our hearts from God. This is part of our, our, our fight. This is part of our fight in life. And so warfare is a testing ground for life, for faith, and for your future. Let me repeat that again. Warfare, which is the battles that you're fighting, is a testing ground for your life, for your faith, and for your future. The life that you want, the life that you believe God has for you, it will encounter warfare. Your faith, you will encounter warfare. The future that you believe you have, it will encounter warfare. And as I started to put this together, uh, last night I threw something in at the last minute, and I just wrote this out because I think it's going to help you, because I started to kind of count how many years I've been saved, and I've been saved over 20 years following Jesus, but it feels like yesterday for me. That salvation experience of God rescuing me feels like two months, two years ago. It, does, it was so real and so powerful, and it's it's it's. Uh, the core from which I, I preach and have passion to see people saved, to see people come into the kingdom of God. So, so I, I don't know uh, if that makes sense to you, but for me, it feels like yesterday God rescued me. And it keeps a freshness in my spirit about the goodness of God and the glory of God and his desire to see other people's lives change. And so what I did last night is I wrote out a letter that I would write to myself, to Daniel, back in the day, I'm not going to tell you how old, but it's going to tell you back in the day of how long ago it was because I, want, I wanted to say this is what I would say to Daniel 
back then when he was 21, just got saved, super excited about Jesus, getting out of all kinds of craziness and darkness and really beginning to pursue the beginnings of what would become of a, of a life that's built on the principles of God, faith in God, life in God. And this is what I wrote out. Daniel, don't get discouraged that you're going to face some serious temptations. You're going to be lied about, attacked, discredited. You're going to face some mental, emotional, spiritual, financial, and physical hardships. You're going to walk through seasons of depression, failure, and discouragement. You're going to lose people along the journey. People who give up on God, people who give up on the faith, people who give up on themselves, and people who give up on their destiny, and they even give up on you. You yourself are going to face seasons where you're tempted to make very reckless choices to give up. You'll battle through confusion. You'll battle through difficulties. Some of the worst pain the human soul can endure. You'll be forced to deal with your own bad attitudes, bitterness, sinfulness that you will need to repent of and turn back to Christ. Daniel, the reason I'm telling you this is because I've seen your future. And the Lord Jesus Christ, who saved you and has now filled you with his Holy Spirit, has given you power to overcome all of these things and more. And in 2019, when you are the pastor of Grace Avenue Church, having endured all this hell and more, you will stand before the people you're responsible to lead. And you will tell them how they can overcome and thrive in adversity. Because the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead that lives in you, lives in them as well. Pray every day. Read the word every day. Be filled with the spirit every day. Keep overcoming because you will be victorious. Sincerely, your taco-loving self, Daniel. P.S. Included is a list of the top 25 things you should not say to your wife over the course of your marriage. You're welcome. P.S.S. Your taco intake is not matching your output at the gym. Stop being lazy. And then that's all I wrote for myself. So maybe it was a prophetic word to me. Look, as Christians, we love words and phrases that get us used to the blessing of God. Open doors, new seasons, new beginnings, changes, turnarounds, suddenlies, favor of God. We love this side of Christianity. And, it, and, it, and coming into the kingdom, we get all of that. And many times we get, we get so much more. But what we need to get used to, just as comfortably as we're used to the blessing, is these, are these things. Opposition, resistance, war, storms, endurance, perseverance, Fight and adversity. We can't have one and not have the other. We can't sink in this one then and not expect God to bring us a turnaround at some point. We have to live in that comfortable, radical middle of not understanding everything that's going on in life and being completely fine with that. Being completely trustworthy of the God who saved us is the God who will actually deliver us. That the God who delivered people in the Old Testament it's the same God who delivered them in the New Testament. It's the same God who delivers us today in 2019. That the power of God is at work in you. It's at work in me. It's at work in our church. It's at work across the world. 
the people who proclaim the name of Jesus. And that we're all dealing with this thing called warfare because it's a test. We're not getting out of it. We can't Google our way out of it. We can't wish it away from our kids. We can't click on a TED Talk to fast forward us through it. We have to endure and persevere. Amen? I'm saying this today, and I'm coming on strong like this because this is the thing that has probably discouraged me and discouraged me in, in seeing other people's lives is when the warfare comes watching what happens to people. Watching people fall away from God, fall away from their love where he is the anchor in their life and them lean into or lean on to something or someone else and really just kind of lose track and lose ground, sometimes lose years or decades. Thank God we serve a God who restores and reclaims and re-embraces and with the love of the Father welcomes us back. But that doesn't have to be us in every area of life. There's some areas we don't need to test the warfare going on. We need to let the warfare happen and us fight back against it and trust that God's going to be our deliverer through it. Warfare comes to bring discouragement. It comes to bring depression and it comes to bring moral failure into our lives. It comes to enslave us to sin. It comes to keep us from not just the influence of the gospel in us, but the influence of the gospel through us. It comes to, to keep us from understanding God's saving grace and his continual saving grace that sanctifies us through the places where we've not yet hit the mark. Where we keep tripping up, where we keep finding ourselves falling into the same trap doors, the same potholes. Warfare comes to hinder our spiritual growth and our development. Warfare comes to bring discouragement and all of these things I talked about and to basically uproot the foundation of the goodness of God in our lives. Am I preaching a serious enough message for you today? All right. Let me, let me, let me try and go this way with it. Warfare is Satan trying to oppose you, Christ in you, and the plan of God for your life. That's what warfare is. Okay, let, let, let's put aside, aside for a moment this thought that we're just having a bad day or a bad month or a bad year. Let's think about what's actually happening during those times. It's the enemy opposing you and your progress. It's the enemy opposing Christ in you. And it's the enemy opposing the plan of God for your entire life and your future. And your future that you don't know yet, that you can't see yet, that you have an idea about, that you're kind of leaning into, that you're making steps towards, that you're telling your children to make steps towards. The enemy's opposing all of that. Jesus faced opposition, we'll face opposition. Paul faced opposition in trying to proclaim the good news to different towns, trying to raise up churches in different places within the region. He would encounter opposition and difficulty and lies and misrepresentations and he was beaten up and, you know, left for dead and all of these things that we read about him. Paul, Paul was even hindered by Satan from going into a city, so he had to go a different direction. He actually says this in 1 Thessalonians 2.18, that I was hindered by Satan from going there. You ever feel like there's things in your life where you should have been there, but for some reason so much came against you that you never got there? And somehow God took you a different route. Maybe now you're there, but you see you were hindered in ways that kept you from getting there 
at the time that maybe you had in your heart or the time that you thought you were going to get there. Ephesians chapter 6, I'm going to give us really some tools today and an understanding of, of what it means to understand what warfare actually is so that we know how to fight the battle well, so that we don't get trampled into battle, so we don't get left for dead in the battle, so that we can actually rise up in victory and be everything that God says we can be and do everything that God says we can do. I'm going to start reading Ephesians chapter 6. I'll start in verse 10. If you don't have uh, the Bible with you today, you can check it out on the screen. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. We say that again. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand. Not the stand that your church takes, your individual stand. Not just the stand of what it's like when you're around everybody, but the stand when it's lonely and confusing and dark and you don't know which way to go. So that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. That word actually means strategies. The devil has strategies for us. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand. So let's think about this for a second because we're going deep and talking about spiritual forces and realms. And if you're new to Christianity, maybe that doesn't make a lot of sense to you. But let, let me kind of back the train up here and just say this. Uh, there, there's two camps that people tend to fall in. And I grew up in and around both of these camps. When it comes to the spiritual realm, when it comes to spiritual forces, there was the camp of, come on, man, that stuff's not real. Just be a good person. Read the Bible. Don't rip people off. Stop doing this. Stop doing that. Be a moral person. So basically, a powerless gospel, a powerless morality where you live out of your own strength, kind of do good things, don't do bad things. You live in this realm. There's no real evil. There's no real Satan. There's no real demons. That's one camp. The other camp was everything is a demon. You just sneezed. That's a demon. He's got a demon. Everybody put your hands to us. He's got a demon. And so there were two camps that you, you were either finding yourself in. It was everything's a demon. Uh, you know, I had my ears pierced, right? And it's like, you know, that's a gateway for the demonic. Demons can come in through your, literally, a man told me that. The, de the demons can come in through your ears. I'm like, are you kidding me? So it's that camp. Everything is evil. Everything is wrong. Everything, we're, we're victims to this horrible evil power, and we better be scared. Jesus has authority, but not that much authority. Not over the demonic sneeze, and then you've got over here, People who think far less of God and his power. Over here, it's people trying to cast out seasonal allergies. Over here, people thinking so little of God's power and authority in the spirit realm that they find themselves eaten up and tormented over a lot of things, only to find out the hard way that there are forces at work in their life that they had no clue about, that they never wanted to deny. Neither avenue is healthy for us as believers. Neither avenue. But I will say this. When you and I got saved, when we came into the kingdom, Jesus, which Jesus came preaching, by the way. He came preaching a kingdom, which has a king. 
A king has power. A king has authority. And he went town to town casting out demons. <laughs> we got to accept the reality of there is a spiritual realm that we're dealing with. And there's stuff that a TED Talk and Google are not going to explain or rationalize away. Through science, through opinion, through culture, through one generation to the next, what's real is real. What Jesus dealt with is real. We deal with that as well. Jesus helped us to understand that we were leaving one kingdom and entering another kingdom. Leaving a kingdom of darkness, entering a kingdom of light. He said, you've been born again to be born of the spirit into a new place, into a new realm, a new spirit. Where your spirit was disconnected before, it's now connected in life and in light and in truth, born of the spirit. You were snatched out of the grips of darkness and out of the grips of torment and out of the grips of destruction, and you were thrust and propelled by your confession of faith in who Jesus is into a new kingdom. This is for real. So, so for us, this would be foundational understanding of our salvation. This would be foundational Christianity for, it, for us. It, it's not, salvation is not simply an intellectual decision that I'm making. Well, I've explored all the religions and, you know, kind of think this is the less crazy of them all, so I'll go ahead and take this Jesus guy, even though there's a lot of crazy stuff in there. I'll take this one. I've rationalized myself into this place. And it's also not uh, a life enhancement choice. Where life is so terrible and life sucks so bad that I guess I'm going to try this thing and see if it works. Because life is bad. And I need some help. It's neither of those. It's coming to this place where we understand the power and the beauty of what God actually rescued us out of. Of what we're actually saved from. That we're not just building this life of pleasure where all our dreams are coming true. And everything that we want to happen for us and our kids is just going to happen and that they're saved from all kinds of pain and, and everything will just go perfect. But that we're actually harnessing the power of the living God to navigate ourselves and our children through, the, through those difficult seasons of life. It's not a fantasy world that we're living in, just kind of hoping our kids, you know, I don't want my kids to go through anything, but I want the power of God to help navigate them through those things if they do. I don't want to say, well, just go Google it, Vivian. I don't know what you're going through. I mean, I don't have the answer. You're 14. Go Google it. I want a supernatural revelation from God in a moment of adversity to direct my child and trust that God is speaking to me the right thing to say to my child. My faith is in a God who can do that. Our generation has an answer for everything. Oh, well, there's a scientific answer for this. Well, there's a Google answer for this. There's a medical answer for this. Well, there's a reason for this. Well, that, that, that happened because of this. Oh, well, racism, the reason racism is that we just need to re-educate the people. And we need to, you know, it started generations back. We just got to educate the people. You can't re-educate evil. Racism can't be re-educated. Racism is evil at its root. Minds can be re-educated. But racism at the root of what it actually is, hatred which Jesus came to abolish. Even in Revelation, we see that every tribe, every nation, every tongue, every language in heaven, in the heavenlies, will be there praising the living God. What does that mean? It means if you're a little bit racist today, you ain't going to like heaven. I'm sorry. 
Just saying. And all the people who hate racism said, amen. So we're moving away these days from using words like Satan, evil, spiritual realm, power, unless we talk about it in some funky form that's um, really enhanced in a movie or through fear or even pulpits and pulpits where everything's evil and even denominations that propel this fear mentality about evil. Jesus wasn't fearful of evil. He trampled on it and he took authority over it. And he stepped into his rightful place as king over darkness, and he abolished the works of darkness. In your life, in my life, you know, sin that enslaves us, not sin that we're tempted by. We're still tempted by sin in this human flesh and blood form, but it doesn't have to entrap us and imprison us. So we read, let me just read you a few more scriptures. Satan prowls around like a lion in search of prey, looking for victims to devour. This is what the word says. That, I mean, this is our Bible. The same Bible that tells us that Jesus saved us is the same Bible that tells us that there's an enemy looking to devour our lives. Like we can't play around with this stuff. We can't, we can't take it lightly is what I'm saying. But Satan is the power at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. That there's, when there's a resistance in us to continue to refuse to obey God, Satan's actually the power that's at work in that in our life. So what does Paul say? He says, be strong in the Lord and be strong in his mighty power. Why? Because there's going to be moments where you are weak and there's moments where I am weak and there's moments where we feel weak and there's moments where we are weak. Because life has come, seasons have come, the weight has come, pressure has come, disappointments have come, discouragements have come. And when your buddies at work tell you, you just need to go out for a drink or you need to go on a vacation. That doesn't solve the root of what's actually going on. And we kind of laugh about it. Oh, yeah, it's funny. Yeah, yeah, I need a margarita. Yeah, I need to go away to Jamaica. Yeah, that'd be fine. And then the reality is you have to go back to your issues and what you're facing in your own weakness that he can't understand or that your buddy at work can't comprehend. There's something different that you're dealing with because your walk and the race that God has called you to run is calling the depth out in you that's going to require you to tap into the spiritual power at work in your life. So the Apostle Paul is charging us to think soberly about how to deal with the battles that weaken us so that we don't fall into what he calls the devil's schemes, the devil's strategies. See, when it comes to your life, God has a plan, but the enemy has a strategy against that plan, against you and the plan of God for your life. Let me say that again. The enemy has a strategy against you, against the plan of God for your life. He's not just here to distract. And the enemy's strategy is this. I'm going to go old school on you. Old school karate kid back from the 80s. The enemy's strategy is the sweep the leg strategy. You remember Daniel-san? He's about to take out Johnny. And he has to deal with Sensei Kreese. Daniel's hurt. Johnny goes over to Sensei Crease and he wipes the blood off of his nose and he says, sweep the leg. And then Johnny's freaked out. Why? Because he knows that what he's doing is moving in on the weakness of Daniel. And Sensei says, do you have a problem with that, Mr. Lawrence? No, Sensei. And what does he do? He knocks out Daniel. 
He takes him out in the weak spot of his life. That's exactly what the enemy does in our lives. He finds where we're already weak. And through demonic opposition and satanic opposition goes to sweep the leg in our life. And leave us there on the ground, writhing in pain, dealing with something that we need God to help us overcome. See, we're not to fear the enemy's <clears throat> strategies. We're to fight against them. We are not to fear the enemy's strategies. Don't teach your kids to be afraid of the devil. That was my generation. Everything is the devil. Everything is a demon. The music you're listening to, the length of your hair, the shirts that you're wearing, the bands that you're listening to, the places that you're going, crazy rapture, extreme rapture theology. Well, if you go to the club and you're there, you're going to hell. If, the, if Jesus comes back, you're in the club, you're going to hell, you know? I mean, you couldn't go anywhere. I mean, could I just live in the church so that way I, I never have to worry about going to hell? I'm telling you, it's some crazy stuff. I got a friend who's a, he's a New York Times bestseller. He recently talked to me and is coming back into the faith after having left it all long ago. Completely left all of that. Why? Because of the, the, all the demon teaching. Everything was a demon. You know, his parents took away all his music and burned it, <clears throat> couldn't watch movies, couldn't do anything, just hold him up and isolate him. And he came out of that and went, this is insane. I don't want anything to do with that anymore. Now that he's got kids, he's saying, hang on, this Jesus is a pretty good guy. Hang on, my faith was real. Hang on, I do want to lean into faith. I do want to believe in God, but how do I do that? After being gone 25 years from the faith, he's reengaging with the real Jesus. We've got to be careful of the mouthpiece that we are for the living God. Not just taking things from people and not reading the word and having any type of theological understanding for what we're actually saying to people. Paul is saying that we're to be strengthened in our spirit by his spirit. Galatians actually tells us, Galatians chapter 5, it says that we're to keep in step with God's spirit. We can't keep in step with God's spirit if we're keeping in step with things that are pulling away from God's spirit. We can't keep in step with bitterness and keep in step with God's spirit. We can't keep in step with jealousy and insecurity and then keep in step with God's spirit. We can't keep in step with sin and vile things that are, that are pulling us away from keeping in step with God. It actually pulls us away. Right? So, so binge watching Netflix, that'll entertain you, but that isn't going to build up your spirit. Right? There's a time to be entertained, and then there's a time where I don't need entertainment right now. I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I need to re-engage my spirit with the things that actually feed it to strengthen. This is Paul was talking about when he says, be strong in the Lord. He's talking about the inner man. To be strengthened on the inside of God's spirit as he feeds his spirit, I'll be able to contend with the struggles that come my way. And then he says this, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Notice he doesn't say, for my struggle or for your struggle. He says, for our struggle as the people of God, that the struggle that we all deal with, that we're all dealing with, this warfare that all of us are encountering and experiencing. What does that mean? That's hope for today. It means you're not the only one struggling. It means you're not the only one going through what you're going through in your life and in your mind and in your heart and in your body and in your physicality and your emotionality. 
everything that's hitting you, everything that's happening around you, the questions that you have are the same questions that we all have as we walk through the struggles. Now, they may be unique to you, but in the same way, it's the same root of opposition and resistance to disconnect you from your love from God, from the love of God's life going through you, changing other people's lives. Psalms 34, 19 says this, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but it's the Lord who delivers them out of all of them. Many are the afflictions of the, of the righteous, but it's the Lord who delivers us all. What does that mean? It means adversity hits everyone. You and I aren't exempt from struggle because we're Christians. You have a deliverer and his name is Jesus. And you have a spiritual arsenal called the full armor of God to contend with your enemy. You're not alone. You're not isolated. You're not unique to that sin. That sin is not unique to you. The struggle is not unique to you only and you only to that struggle. Be careful of identifying so much with your sin that you don't identify with your Savior. That you identify so much with your struggle and then find others to support that struggle that you no longer identify with your people. A chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people set apart, set free from the works of darkness. Be careful who's patting you on the back telling you it's going to be all right. See, he said it's not against flesh and blood. Why? Because it's not in what we see. It's in what we don't see that's happening. It's not just in what we see and what we're encountering, but what we don't see. Why? Because it's a dimension. It's darkness that is beyond our ability to comprehend or fight without understanding its root. Where is it actually coming from? Come on, some of you, you want to kick the dog and throw the phone and punch the wall and all this. And, and you're feeling all these things sometimes. And you got to think, where is this actually coming from? What is the root of all this? Everything can't be the devil. And everything can't be a demon. But, but at the same time, I don't want to deny the existence of everything. I mean, I mean, we, we went out on 17 year, year anniversary yesterday. 17 years, Janelle and I, 17 years. And we forgot the wipes. We forgot the car seat. Vivian threw up. I mean, Eden threw up all over Janelle. I mean, I could have been like, it's the devil. The devil's ruining my anniversary. But I just chalked it up to, you know what? This is anniversary life. This is life of the toddler. I'm not going to be powerless in that situation, but I'm not also going to freak out and everything. Just clean up the vomit and go have a nice day. And be careful not to feed your little toddler too much cake pop from Starbucks. She took a bite, like a, like a, like she just looked at it and was like, ah, and went for the whole thing. And I think it got stuck, and then before you know it, I turned back around, and Janelle's just covered in vomit. So, good times. Good times. Look, we got to close right at time. So, let me, let me say this. You're in a battle, but God has given you weapons to fight with. He has given you the word of God. Jesus faced temptation, great temptation in his humanity, in the wilderness and in the garden. And he battled that temptation with the truth of the word of God that had filled his mind and his spirit. He was not victim to the temptation. He battled the temptation. 
not by dismissing it away as powerless, understanding its power, and also not freaking out at being overcome by it, but battling with the word of God. So God has made you victorious in warfare. He's equipped you in warfare. He's given you the ability to overcome. He overcame, and so can you. Revelation, it says that they, he's talking about us, they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Testimony of what God has done in your life has power in your life. You need to remind yourself of what God's delivered you out of. You need to tell others what God has delivered you out of. Because you've overcome by the blood of the Lamb, the finished work of Jesus on the cross, and the word of your testimony. It has great power to see other people set free. Zechariah 4.6 says this, it's not by might. No, it's not by my human strength. It's not by power, me trying to force things, but it is by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. 2 Corinthians 10 says this, for though we walk in the flesh, in other words, though we walk around in this, this human form, we are not waging war according to the human flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. And we, there's that word again, that community bringing us back in the fold, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion that raises itself against the knowledge of God, and we take every thought captive to the obedience of Jesus Christ. That's what we do with the anxiousness. That's what we do with the fear. That's what we do with the accusation. When we feel like failures, when we have failed, we take that obedience to the truth of who Jesus is. When I fail as a husband, I repent, I make it right, and I bring that failure back to the truth of who Jesus is. I don't live there. There's times Janelle and I have, have you know, we've had it out over the years, and most of the time she wins the fight, but I give in sometimes. That's not, that's not the truth. Most of the time I win the fight. That's not true either. And there's times where we've, we've looked at each other and we've just kind of been getting into it. And we just stop right there and say, wait a minute. This is the enemy. This is the enemy. This, this, is, this is the enemy. This is resistance and opposite. Look at, look at what's going around. Look at all this good that's happening. God is doing something huge. This is a distraction. What are we doing? We're taking captive that moment. Not going to go waste two, three days thinking about it, talking to people about it, putting them on blast on Facebook, hide it so nobody can see their comment. We take it captive to the obedience of Christ. We submit that resistance and that opposition back, and we put it back in its rightful place, which is beneath who God says it is and what God says it is. That's what we can do with God's power. We don't fear it. We don't ignore it. We take authority over it. Amen. Let's pass the warfare test. Come on, let's stand up. Let's pray. In this, in this sacred moment, we have to dismiss. I went over time. We have to dismiss. I want to pray for, for all of us through our struggle. 
that we would understand that resistance and opposition is part of the journey, but that we would be made victorious in and through it all by knowing who God is and what he's done and being bold to proclaim that goodness of his over our life and our situations. Lord Jesus, today I thank you that we are chosen by you, set apart by you. And I ask for you to make us wise to the enemy's strategies. Lord, I pray for a greater level of discernment in your people, that they no longer be taken captive and imprisoned by the works of the enemy. God, that wherever there's fear about opposition, that that would cease by understanding the authority that they have in who Jesus is. Lord, that those of us maybe who dismiss it would come into the understanding of the, its reality, but ultimately its submission to who Jesus is. Lord, I pray that you would empower us all to overcome the struggles that we face today, tomorrow, and every day, not by might, not by power, but by your spirit. Lord, we commit today to build up our spirit, to devour your word, to pray, to stand strong with our brothers and sisters, to power through the seasons, to not give up, to link arm in arm with those who can help us on the journey. Lord, today we renounce the identification with sin and struggle that we want to lean into, the temptation to identify more with that than our Savior. Lord, today we call upon your name to save us, even in this moment choices that some of us are making that are destroying our lives. Everyone keeping their head bowed and their eyes closed for a second this morning. The way power and authority comes to our life and comes into our spirit is when we have come to the place where Jesus becomes the Lord of our life. I can't get the power without the source of the power. The source of that power is Jesus. And I don't know where you are in your spiritual journey today. I don't know if you grew up around church or around a religious environment or had an upbringing where you were taught certain things. My, my question for you today is, is, have you entered into your own acknowledgement that you need to transfer out of one kingdom into the next? To come out of what Jesus himself calls darkness tells us is the kingdom of light. He tells us to be born again of the Spirit. If you've not made that decision, it would be my greatest joy to pray with you right now that you would leave one life and enter another life and that you'd understand that there may be the questions that you have about whether or not you're worthy, whether or not you deserve God's forgiveness, that you'd remember that even on the cross when Jesus was hanging, there was a thief next to him who deserved his punishment, yet this man acknowledged the goodness and the life of God, and Jesus received him into the kingdom. You've not gone too far. The fact that you're concerned about it shows you've not gone too far. So this morning, if you've not made that decision to make Jesus the Lord of your life, and you want to do that this morning, you need to make your peace with God. Would you do me a favor? Would you just lift your hand? So I can pray for you. Just lift it up and put it back down. I'm just going to pray for you. Thank you, friend. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else this morning? Yeah, that's me, Daniel. Pray for me. I need the power of God at work in my life. 
Come on, friend, I'll pray for you. Last call. You know you need the saving grace of God in your life or your future. You know the enemy's been at work. Just lift your hand. Let's pray. Thank you, friend. Thank you. Thank you. Church, will we pray this together? Lord Jesus, this morning, I acknowledge my sin and my brokenness. God, and I receive your salvation and your life. Father, I pray that from this day forward, I'd live with power and authority by your Spirit. I choose today to renounce identification with my sin or my struggle, and I choose to identify my Savior. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, 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 and amen, church. If you would like the most up-to-date information about Grace Avenue Church, or you are looking for a way to support this ministry, please visit us online at graceavenuechurch.com. Thanks for listening.